Turn your Bibles with me to the book of uh, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Amen. Don't forget, keep Sister Marilyn in mind and in your prayer. Um, we miss her this morning. Uh, she wasn't feeling well, so keep her in your prayer. Uh, she's been committed and faithful since she's made her uh, decision to make this her church and give her life to God. She's been, I mean, on it and just been living the best she can to serve the Lord. And so today she's not able to be here, and it's because that she's sick. So keep her in mind. Um, also, Sister Cree, um, she got in a car accident the other day. I just saw her walking like she couldn't turn her head. She only could turn her whole body. So pray for her and pray for her mom, um, Sister Margaret, that God will touch their bodies and heal them. We want God's will to be done. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 17. When you're there, say amen. amen. All right. Verse 17 says this. This I say, therefore. And testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. When the text here is referring to Gentiles, it's referring to unbelievers. So it says, henceforth walk not as other unbelievers walk. In the vanity of their mind. So if you want to know, God is telling us. He's God and he knows everything. God is the only one that knows your mind. He can read your mind. Nobody else can read your mind but God. And God is telling us through the Apostle Paul that when you are an unbeliever, you live your life in the vanity of your own mind. There's no no governor on your mind. Whatever you have in your mind, however your mind operates, that's what you're doing. However you think, that's how you're operating when you live as an unbeliever. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard of him and have been taught by him as the truth in Jesus. Another thing I want you to stop and look at. The truth is where? So when somebody said, let me tell you the truth, if it ain't coming from Jesus, okay, all right, just want you to see it for yourself. 22, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Father, we love you. One more time, will you bless your people? Will you speak to us? Will you encourage us? I take authority over every spirit that will come to separate, that will come to cause disunity, that will come to have us to not be focused and attentive. I take authority over those spirits in the name of Jesus Christ and I lose faith in this congregation. I lose the power of God in this congregation. I lose the will of God in this congregation that we will be free today, liberated and encouraged when we leave this place. Lord, do a work that is miraculous in this congregation today that none will leave discouraged but all will leave encouraged. All will be blessed. All almighty God will be elevated by you, by your word, and by your spirit. We give you praise and honor because you alone are God. There is nothing too hard for you, oh God. And I feel faith rising in this house. Somebody is believing right now. Somebody's expecting God to do that he can do. Oh God, we love you and we adore you. We magnify your name and we ask these things in Jesus' name. 
Amen. You may be seated. Today after church, I am heading up to Titton Falls. Not after church, but about 5 o'clock, I'm going up to Pastor Matt's church. A few of the men in this church uh, want to honor him today, and uh, they invited us. So if you can, Brother Matt's um, service, I think, start at 5.30. If you can, um, those of you that know where he is, 1189 Hope Road in Titton Falls, and you want to join us, that's fine. I mean, if you have plans, you know, by all means, I know you're going to do what your plans say. Uh, but if you didn't have plans and you feel up to it, um, you can meet me up to Pastor Matt's and just want to let him know we appreciate him. So anything they do, we try to support them. Amen. Amen. We read in a text here where Paul, the Apostle Paul, the writer of the text, was exhorting the church of Ephesus not to live as they did before they came believers and was born again. So here is Paul saying, listen, you can't live your life anymore the way you used to live it when you were an unbeliever. When you become a believer of Christ, you have to change the way you live your life. Somebody say change. Change. Can't live your life the same way when you understand who Jesus is and you repent of your sins and you get baptized in Jesus' name. God fill you with his spirit and now you're starting to live a life of Christianity. You can't live the way you used to live. Work with me this morning. Even if, even if you, even if you got a problem because you're struggling, can I tell you a secret? You know, I used to sit in the front in my old church and the preacher would preach stuff that's cut me, Taylor. And I stood up, amen, preacher, preacher. And I was destroyed. <laughs> it was something talking about me. But I stood up because truth don't have nothing to do with me. If it's true, it's true. Whether I'm living right or not, if the preacher is preaching it truthfully and he's preaching it right, Tony, you say, preach it, preacher. You go ahead and say that, preacher, because it's true. And that's how you help yourself begin to grab a hold of truth and stop doing what you've been doing and start doing what God said you need to do. But if you sit there and kind of brush it off, you know what you're doing? Setting yourself up to keep on doing what you've been doing. But when he said something that was dead smack in my life, I said, preacher, preacher. And when I begin to say that, you know what? My spirit begin to say, so what you going to do, Wayne? Are you going to get it together? Are you going to get your life right? You heard what the preacher just said. But if I sit there and be like, okay, I won't say nothing about that because I'm struggling with that. Okay. All you're doing is leaving yourself in a bad spot to keep on doing what you've been doing. Acknowledge it. Uh huh. There you go, Tony. There you go, Tony. <laughs> Paul was stressing that they must abandon what they used to do in their former life and begin to do what they need to do in their new life. I still didn't tell you the title of the message today. Maybe you'll figure it out. I'm not even going to tell you. How did they live their former life is the question. They lived their former life in the futility. Futility means vainness. Had no meaning, nothing. It's worth nothing. They lived their former life in vainness of their thinking. Referring to their natural tendency of human being to employ intellectual pride and rationalization. So... When we're unbelievers and we're not living for God and we are not trying to please God, we live our life in vainness. We live our life with intellectual pride. We live our life rationalizing every thought that comes through our mind, trying to rationalize all of our behaviors. Then we live our life, make excuses. Listen, you may accept your excuse. God is not accepting. Because here's the story with God. He died so you wouldn't have to live 
by your excuses. He died so you wouldn't have to stay bound. He died so you wouldn't have to stay sick. He died for you. So when you say, oh, but I just can't, God is saying, what do you mean you can't? I gave my life so you can. There is nothing in this life that you need to do in God that you can't do. Yes, you can do it. If God says you can, then you can. His word says, I can do all things through Christ. So we don't do it and we make excuses. But God wants you to know that while you may make the excuse to yourself, he's sitting there saying, you know, I didn't accept that, right? Just want you to know that because I've done everything I need to do so you can be free. So you can be strong. So you, the Bible calls us more than conquerors. Bible didn't say we are conquerors. The Bible says we're more than conquerors. It means that we can overcome everything. We can soar over everything. There is nothing in this world that can stop a child of God. There is nothing in this world that can stop a Holy Ghost filled Jesus name, tongue talking, baptized person. You just gotta say, God, greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. There is nothing too hard. I can do all things through Christ with strengtheneth me. I am not going to settle for excuses. I'm calling me out. And when I'm not right, I'm going to say, boy, you know you ain't right. What you going to do about it? I'm not sitting on it and trying to tell myself, well, that's just hard. Listen, Thursday's Bible study. It has question. It answers question to everything you can probably experience in life. Matter of fact, I got a copy of Thursday Bible study, a written a written copy. Anybody who wanted can come up and take the written copy. All right. So when we walk in the vainness of our mind, if I had a hundred dollars, I would have put that up there too and say that and see what would have happened. I don't have the hundred dollars, Tony, but I do have the word of God. I do have the word of God. I don't have a hundred dollars, but I do have the word of God. <laughs> One day I'm going to put a hundred dollars up there and see what happens. <laughs> we'll put a hundred. You're welcome, Tony. I'm going to put a hundred dollars up there one day and see what happens. Let's see if I put it back in my pocket or somebody come and get it real quick. But when we face our challenges, God is not interested in our excuses. So as unbelievers, we walk around vainness. When we live a life of unbelievers, our thinking is, is futile. Because our lives are being wasted on worthless objects. I don't know about you. Stop and ask yourself. All the things that I'm doing, what is it for? I used to teach my discipleship class, and one of the things I used to ask people is, look at what you're doing and ask yourself, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 50 years from now, would it still mean something? And if it won't, then maybe you need to start thinking about doing something else. Stop doing that and start doing something else. Because we're not living for now. We're living for a future that is bright. When we're living in an unbelieving state, we hold to untrue teachings. It's easy for people to believe untrue teachings. You want me to tell you how? Because it's just, just, just when we're going through stuff and we don't want to know truth, we don't talk about it. And so we hold on to it. And the devil is good. The devil knows when it directs us to somebody that didn't want to know truth either. 
And so before you know it, the devil hooked me up with somebody that didn't want to know truth. I don't want to know truth. So we just start talking to each other. And whatever we share with each other, it now becomes truth. <laughs> oh, it becomes truth. And all of a sudden now, that's our teaching. And all of a sudden, truth is not really truth anymore. Because me and my buddy got together. And what we made truth is now truth in our life. Hmm. That's the kind of stuff we do when we're not saved, Tony. When we're thinking uh, as an unbeliever. Unbelievers, that's what unbelievers do. Unbelievers lead, lead a life that is immoral. The result of this futile way of thinking describes unfortunate state of unbelievers. So the question this morning that you have to ask yourself as a Christian as one striving to be a Christian, am I still thinking that way? Am I still living that way? Am I still doing those things? Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, for as a man thinketh. It, it says clearly, it doesn't say as a man thinketh. It says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Hmm. Believers who are born again can no longer live as they previously did. The prior lifestyle had been completely opposite of what we are supposed to experience as believers in Jesus Christ. The unbelievers, they live in ignorance while believers have access to the full knowledge of truth. What is truth? It got to come from Jesus. The unbelievers refuse to believe by hardening their heart while the believers have welcomed Christ into their heart. Let's talk about that hardening of heart for a second. Mm -hmm. How can one's heart become hardened? Thursday night kind of cleared this up, but I just... Give, a, give you a little something, something. We can harden our hearts by the hurts we experience. Can I tell you this? This, this resonated with me so much Thursday night, man. Ahithophel. Ahithophel is a man in the Bible that's the grandfather of Bathsheba. Bathsheba became King David's wife at some point in time. But here's what happened. Bathsheba's husband was one of David's soldiers out there fighting. And while Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, was out there fighting, Bathsheba was home by herself. David was supposed to be out there fighting with the men too. But that day he stayed home. He saw Bathsheba taking a bath. Scooped her in, checked her out, sent one of his servants, go get that girl. There's so much in that story. You can fool yourself. <coughs> but vigils, boy, it does something. And when I tell people I'm careful with the beach, they laugh at me. You might not be weak like me in my areas, but I don't want no visuals in here. I'm getting too old for visuals in here. I don't want to be praying and the devil make one of them visuals come to my mind. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Y'all don't have to be real with yourselves. I'm going to be real with myself. And so David saw that visual. Go get that girl. She came over to his house. He slept with her. She got pregnant. Now she married. So when David realized she was pregnant, you know what David did? Oh, snap. We're going to be in trouble because she came back and told David, King David, I'm pregnant. I'm carrying child. David said, oh, snap. So what David did was he said, go bring her husband from off the battlefield. Go get him and bring him to my house. He came to David's house. David sat with him and got him drunk. When David got him drunk, David said, now go home to your wife. You think people been, people been blaming kids on other people a long time ago? <laughs> Y'all think it just started where women get pregnant and says, he the dad when he the dad? Oh, I love the Bible. I love the word of God. Oh, So he got him drunk and said, go home. Go sleep with your wife. But Uriah was so loyal to 
is men. He never went home because in his mind, he's saying, that ain't right, man. My men out there fighting and I'm supposed to go home and have a good time with my wife. No, if they having a hard time on the field, I'm not going home. But he didn't tell David that never went home. When David found him, he never went home. David like, oh, snap, this is going to be a mess now. Once you start doing wrong and you don't fix it, you keep going wrong. Man, the Bible is so clear. This, see, I talk to people, they think I'm smart. No, I ain't smart. I know the Bible. And so instead of him fixing the problem right at the first and repent. Nope. He was going to frame this dude, mess the dude life up. And so when he realized that the dude not going to sleep with his wife, you know what he did? He said, Joab. Joab was his, was his man. That was his. He'd take anybody out for David. He said, Joab, take Uriah and all the soldiers to the next battle. Let Uriah be in the front of the battle because Uriah was good, too. And when the enemy attack, let the men back up and leave Uriah by himself so they can kill him. They kill Uriah. Uriah gone. By the way, did I tell you that the Bible says... That David is a man after God's own heart? I didn't tell you that. Tony, Jesus called David. That, that dude I'm describing, that, that slept with somebody else's wife, got her pregnant, and then set her husband up to die. That, that, that guy, God said, he's a man after my own heart. You go figure all that stuff out. I'm not going to talk about that right now, because that's not what I'm preaching about. But all of that went down. And eventually, you know, Uriah died, the baby uh, died, and they never had that baby. But eventually David married her. He loved them some Bathsheba. So he married her. But here's the story. Ahithophel was Bathsheba's grandfather. So he knew his granddaughter's life was messed up in his mind by King David. Him and King David had a fairly decent relationship. And so... Now he mad at King David. Can't say nothing because King David is King David. And if you say one wrong thing, you can have your head done. So he walking around mad. Hate him. He ruined my granddaughter's life. She had a good man, Uriah. And you had to take everything. You the king, you want everything. And he walked around for years mad. And because he was mad, David used to receive counsel from him. He was so mad that one day David came to him for counsel. And he gave David bad counsel and gave David's son counsel on how to overthrow David's throne and how to kill David. That's what Ahithophel did. When he realized his plan to get David killed didn't work, he went and hung himself. What did Ahithophel did wrong? His granddaughter got taken advantage of. His granddaughter was treated wrong. And so he was upset about it. Nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with if you did my kids wrong, my grandkids wrong for me to be upset? That's normal for any parent to feel bad and terrible that you took advantage of their children, their child, or their grandchildren. That's normal. The problem was, how did you deal with that? And because he harbored that feeling of just disdain for David it got worse and worse in his life till he came to the point like I'm going to do something about that my point is today how can your heart get hardened hurt just that simple that's just one of the areas how your heart can get hardened you got hurt and you was like I didn't deserve this what did I do wrong to get that kind of hurt I didn't deserve this and you're right but what are you going to do about that hurt are you going to let it linger? Are you going to keep feeding it? Are you going to get with somebody else that got hurt like that and keep talking about it and make it become a, a, a root of bitterness in your life? Because when it becomes a root of bitterness in your life, it begins to destroy you. And you're looking at that person like they're still living all right and they're still doing good. And the more you look at them, the more you get angry and the more you get frustrated and the more you just like, I cannot believe them. Your heart is hard now. And nothing gets through it because your heart is hardened. And why is it hardened? Because you was done wrong. And I'm trying to tell y'all, God have an answer for everything. And if we don't do it God's way, we're going to end up hurting ourselves. Our hearts can get hard because of hurt. 
Our hearts can get hard because of anger. Our hearts can get hard because of pride and arrogance. Our heart gets hard because we was disobeying just one area of God's word. So we might be trying to obey all of God's word, but one area we, we clearly look into the word of God and see it and says, well, I, I do everything else. I do everything else in the word of God. So what's wrong with me just messing up this one area? God understands that will harden your heart. And so if our hearts are hardened, we can never please God. If our hearts is hardened, we, God's word is not getting through. And so sometimes we come to church and I can preach all I want and I can teach all I want. But the bottom line is if your heart is hardened, you won't hear what I'm saying and your life won't be touched and you won't be reached because your heart is hardened. Somebody just need to talk to God right now. Jesus, touch us. We don't want to walk around with a hardened heart here today, Lord God. Our life is at stake. We only have one life, oh God, and it's at stake. And if we have a hardened heart towards you, towards your word, if we allow the hurt and the anger and all the things in our life to persist, we're going to be hardened hearted. And what you're trying to say to us, what you're trying to do in our life, it will not come through. But I pray today in the name of Jesus that you touch somebody's heart right now, Lord God, and that their heart will open and give way to the word of God, that their heart will be open, Lord God. And you can try, you can move and mend their broken heart and heal them up, Lord God, and bind up their womb. Only you can, Lord God, and I pray in Jesus' name. We ultimately decide what we allow to stay in our mind and what we decide to dismiss out of our mind. We determine that. And so whatever is in your mind is either because you desire for it to be in your mind and whatever you don't want to be in your mind is because you don't want it to be in your mind. I can speak to that one real good. If I don't think something is important, I listen to it just unassumingly. I'm like, just what I do. You do it too. So don't blame me alone for doing that. You do it too. If somebody's talking about something that don't interest you, some of you, you don't like sports. I love sports. Somebody start talking about something about sports, you kind of, uh, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so we do it all the time. Our thoughts determine our behaviors. Our thoughts determine our behavior. I love it how we try to explain a way that what I just did, that's not really me. I remember Bill Parcell said this here. I go into sports again. Sorry for the people that don't like sports. Bill Parcell says, Eric, you are what your records say you are. So if you are zero and 16, then you are zero and 16. You ain't no good. Don't keep saying you have a good team and you never won no games. That's what he's saying. And so for us, we do stuff and we try to say, that's not really me. No, it was you for that time. You did not deal with that thought that was in your mind. And so that thought stayed in your mind and you acted out. So that was you for the time. What you got to say is uh, that, that thought in my mind, I never dealt with it. And it overtook me. And I went and did some things I shouldn't have done uh, because I allowed the thought to be in my heart. I should have just binded it up and loosed it from me when I first had the thought. That's all. So it is you. None of us are that great where we won't get caught. All of us are going to get caught somewhere along the line, Tony, where we allow something to slip in and mess us up. Because all these thoughts, but I'm going to tell you today how to deal with those thoughts and how to get them straight. If we're going to be who God created us to be, we must renew and fill our mind with the words of God and God's thoughts. No one can 
obstruct God's will for us today without our permission. I'll say that again. No one can obstruct God's will for us today without our permission. So whatever God wants to do in your life, uh, nobody can stop it. Only you can stop it. Only you can give permission for somebody to do something for you. For somebody to take something out of you. Only you can give the permission. You thought Satan did whatever he wanted? Eve had to give him the permission. You think Adam could do whatever he Oh, he had to give himself the permission. You are in charge And unless you give the permission Nothing can stop what God wants to do in your life And so are you giving the permission For the devil to have his way Are you giving the permission for somebody to do whatever they want in your life Are you giving the permission Because if you don't give that permission Nobody can do nothing to you God's will will be done in your life Say God's will will be done in my life. No one can keep us from doing God's will today unless we let them. Whatever thoughts that are in our mind will come out in our actions. We have to own our actions. We are to own our actions. Says, You know what? I did that. I did that. I did that. Mm -hmm. Ephesians, as we read earlier, 4.23 says... And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Here we go. I'm almost there. Everything in life gets old except God. Everything in life gets old except God. But if we do not update our relationship with God every day, it will also get stale. We have to renew and update our relationship with Almighty God every day in order to live right, to live as a believer. To not fail as much as we do. We have to renew. We have to update our relationship with God every day. I want to take this moment to, 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 to share this with you. Apple on their phones and their operating system, I guess you should call it. Apple's operating system is called iOS 10. And now they're at 10.3.3. That's their operating system. iOS. And the thought came to me that ever so often you will get some kind of reminder from Apple. You need to update your software. Update your software. And usually, you know why you want to update your software? To fix bugs and improve security. When you update, when you renew your relationship with Christ, what you're doing, Tony, is you are fixing the bugs and you're improving security. But if you keep on letting your operating system begin to just keep on operating and operating and you don't do no updates, then sooner or later, a bug is going to come and mess it up. Sooner or later, somebody's going to break in and destroy your whole operating system. God put that thing in my mind this morning. 
I had to go back and look at this stuff. I went and looked at it. This is how good God is. I didn't know that's what it says to, to fix bugs and update security. I said, God, you crazy. I went and looked at my stuff and I said, it says you need to update now and it's to fix bugs and to update your operating system to make sure there's stronger security. There's protection. And God wanted me to tell you this morning, if you don't update your relationship with him, the security will fail. If you don't update your, 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 your relationship with him, bugs are going to come in and mess up your operating system. Your operating system is your mind, Tony. And if this mind don't get right with God, it will not last. You will get dominated. You will get overtaken. You will get broken into. And you will wonder what's going on in my life. But it's because there was no update. And God don't want updates just once a month or once every six weeks. God requires updates every day. He says in Lamentations, it is of the mercy of the Lord and the compassion of the Lord that we are not consumed. Because His compassion and His mercy, they are new. If God's mercy and God's compassion is new every day, what should we do? We should tap into that newness. We should tap into God every day and say, God, your mercy is new. Your compassions are new. And today is a new day for me. Show me how to walk. Show me how to talk. Show me how to live right. Show me how to be successful throughout this day. Oh, help us, Jesus. We got to fix our operating system. We got to update our operating system. We got to go to God that He will fix the operating system. Throughout the Bible, our mind is referred to as the center of intelligence. That's what your mind is. It is your operating system. That's where everything starts. In your mind. And if that operating system has bugs in it, if that operating system is not operating right, it slows. Oh my God. You know if the operating system is not right, it slows everything down. It has you waiting and waiting and waiting. You need to make sure your operating system is not functioning with bugs and and is susceptible to security breach. God wants us to renew our mind every day. A renewed mind. And if we're here today and we've never been born again, we have to be born again in order to move in the direction to get a new mind. And then when you get the new mind, you have to renew that mind. If Apple got to renew their operating software all the time, what do you think you have to do? You are your source of intelligence and your own operating system. You got to make sure that's functioning right. What is the iPhone without the iOS 10.3.3.3? What is it? If they take out their operating system, what happens? It's nothing. Everything about that phone or that computer happened to do with the iOS 3.10.3.3. So what are you going to do if you lose your mind? What are you going to do? You going to let the devil just wreck your mind? You're going to let him just do whatever he want to do in your mind? You got to update. You got to update today. And that's what God sent me here to tell you this morning. You got to renew your mind. We need a renewed mind and we need to update, update, update. Because if we don't update that thing, it's going to get stale and viruses and bugs is going to take it over. And before you know it, it's not going to operate right. Some of us here today, we got a lot of viruses and bugs in our operating system. The security is not strong because guess what? It's being breached all the time and you got to always go to try to get it fixed. 
fixed. And so when we come to church a lot of times, we're here trying to get our operating system fixed. But if you don't want to have to get it fixed, just update that thing every day. So when you come to church, you're not looking for God to fix your operating system. You're looking for God to update so, so you can have a better communication, so you can have a closer relationship, so you can be in touch with God more. Let that operating system get updated. That's what's slowing us down in church. We come to get the operating system fixed. And that thing don't get fixed easy. Geek squad. The geek squad is at Best Buy. Nobody take their stuff to geek squad and get it back the same day. If you did, let me know. Unless you just thought it was something wrong, but it wasn't really nothing wrong. You take your computer or you take your iPad, whatever, your phone to geek squad... Three to five days is the earliest you get it back. And so if we come to church on Sunday morning with our operating system all messed up, usually when we walk out that day, it ain't fixed. It's not fixed. And that's what the trick is. So every week we come hoping to get our operating system fixed. And it just takes time to get fixed. And time to get fixed. But if you will just one day just let God have his way and let God transform and renew your mind. And once he renew your mind and now you come to church ready for God because throughout the week you updated your mind. You updated your relationship with God. You updated the program and now you're good. When you come in, you're ready to operate. You're not here just to absorb. You're not here just to sit dormant. You're here. Oh God, help me. Somebody not hear me this morning. We need to come to church to operate not come to church to sit still if your operating system is corrupt and messed up all you can do is sit but if you come here and your operating system is functioning and working right no bugs no issues then you will see that you will be operating and not just sitting I'm done I'm done God wants to renew our minds that's what this message is all about today. A renewed mind. God wants to renew your mind. He wants to update your operating system. And so if you don't allow him to update your operating system, the first thing is, if we want our operating system to update, don't we have to go to the geek squad? We got to go take it there, right? We got to do something still. So if our operating system is not functioning right, we got to take it there and says, listen, I got some problems. And guess what? They can't tell you got problems just by you showing them the computer. You got to tell them all the experiences that you've been having. When you come to church, do you come to the altar and tell God, I'm a mess. The system, the operating system has crashed. It's not working good, God. All this week I tried to pray and I couldn't pray. All this week, God, I find myself doing wrong and sinning. All this week, God, I find myself treating people wrong. I don't know what that's all about. All this week, God, I, can't, I just couldn't get up and pray. Somehow I just feel weak in my body. All this week, God, I'm reading the word, but I just feel like I'm going through the motions. I'm not getting any understanding. God, all this week things just didn't seem to go right. Do you come to church and give him your operating system by saying, God, it's not functioning. It's not working. Here are the problems. Can you fix me up today so I'll be right and function and operate the way I need to? Oh, somebody. You got to get honest with God. You got to let God know that you want the operating system to operate the way he intended for it to operate. You don't want God to just just not do what he can do. He wants to work it out. He wants to fix you up. But will you bring yourself to him? Will you give yourself to him? Will you surrender yourself to him? Will you begin to tell him all that's in your heart? Will you begin to tell him all that's in the system? All that is wrong, will you begin to tell him? Stand with me. Are you going to tell God how it works? What's wrong? Or are you just going to sit by and just listen every week and just expect God to do something? 
Are you going to come today and be honest with God and tell God the truth and just let God begin to operate on you? Are you going to just sit there and just let the operating system just not function properly? God is wanting to do some work in us. God wants the operating system to function in us. God wants to fix up all that is wrong in us. Will you give God the opportunity today to fix up what is wrong in your life? Verse 24 in the text says we have to put off the old man and put on the new man. Can I tell you what is what is referring to just to put off and then put on that 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 put off and put on is referencing like your clothes, your clothes. When you get to God, you take off the old clothes and you put on new clothes. That, that's how you're going to get your operating system update. You take off the old clothes and you put on new clothes. And you know what the issue is for some of us? When we took off the old clothes, we didn't throw them away. We took off the old clothes and left them in a corner. And every once in a while we go over to that corner and put back on those old clothes. They smelly. They got holes in them. They not nice. But we took off those old clothes and put them somewhere where we can get to them sometimes. And what God is telling you is when you come to me, you take off those old clothes. Put them off. I'm giving you new clothes. And you know what God wants you to know? Oh, here's revelation. Oh, God. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Revelation. The children of Israel, God, you're so good to us. The children of Israel walked around in the wilderness for 40 years and never bought any clothes, bought any shoes. They didn't get no new clothes. You know why? Because God is in the renewing business every day. Every day they woke up, God made sure their clothes smelt new on them again. Every day they woke up, God made sure they smelt good. It was all good. The clothes never got messed up. All the years they walked around in the wilderness for 40 years, nothing went wrong with their clothes because God is into the newness of what he puts on you. God is not into the old stuff. God don't want you to go back to the old stuff. Once you take off them old things, leave them. Actually, burn them old things so you never have to go back to them again. God wants you to go and put on the new clothes that he has for you. And when you wake up tomorrow morning, there are more new clothes that he has for you. You don't have to wear what you wore yesterday. You wear a new set of clothes every day in God. When you wake up, put on some new clothes because that's what God wants you to put on. Oh, Jesus, you're so good to us. Are we going to get up tomorrow? Are we going to get up tomorrow morning and put on some new clothes? Are we going to get up tomorrow morning and update our operating system with Jesus Christ? Are we going to get up every day and make sure our mind is renewed that when we come to church, we begin to operate and we don't need God to fix us. We need God to just use us. I don't want to be in a place where, oh God, all I want to do is tell you, fix me, Lord, fix me Lord because I do God a disservice that every time I come to church all I want God to do is fix me that is not right God saved me so I can be used by him and if all I need is fixing I can't be used by him but if I will update my operating system he will be able to use me I will be able to operate every time I come in his presence Somebody need to talk to the Lord today. Somebody need to talk to the Lord. Update your relationship with God. Update your relationship with God. Will you go before the Lord right now and update your relationship? Update your operating system. Will you go to God right now and say, God, forgive me. I've come to church so many Sundays. And God, all I come here for is for you to fix me. God, forgive me because I know you can fix anything. And God, all I need to do is just update. Update my operating system with you. Update my relationship with you. And so when I come into your house or when I go into the world, all I got to do is just operate because you have made me, Lord God, to operate and to flow and to function, Lord God, like anything that man has ever seen. For I am a well-oiled machine of Christ. I've been shaped and wonderfully made. I am made in your image. I am your instrument. I am your vessel. 
Lord and you made me perfect and God I just want you to work in me and work through me because you created me for your own purpose you created me almighty God for your own pleasure so here I am Lord God will you operate in me will you work through me will you do what pleases you in me you are my God you are the potter I am the clay will you mold me and make me will you do whatever you please oh God Somebody talk to the Lord today. Somebody get fixed. Somebody begin to operate in the spirit. Somebody, all you got to do is operate in the spirit. Somebody, all you got to do is say, God, if you fix me today, I will now on operate the way you want me to. Just go ahead and fix me today. Go ahead and fix me today, Lord. Here's what's wrong. Here's what's wrong. Will you go ahead and fix me today? And I promise you, Lord, the next time I come into the house of God, I will just operate the way you want me to. I will be operative. I will be good for you, Lord God. Will you fix me right now? Will you fix me right now? Oh, somebody talk to the Lord. Somebody minister. Somebody allow God to do what He wants to do. Somebody cry out to Him today. Somebody repent of your sins today. Somebody cry out today. Somebody worship Him today. As you worship Him, He will begin to do the work. As you worship Him, He will begin to work through you. God bless your people today. I pray, Lord God, that you'll put your hands upon us and you will do what you want, Lord God. Touch our minds, Lord God. And let the Holy Spirit renew our mind today. I pray, sweet Holy Spirit, will you renew our mind? Will you renew our mind? Will you strengthen us, oh God? Will you lead us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God, have your way today. You is not like you, oh God. You are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. I just want to please you. I just want to please you. Somebody, God wants to work a great work in you. Oh, somebody today, just surrender to God. Surrender to Him. Trust me, God will do the work that must be done in you. Trust me, God will do what needs to be done. Will you trust the Lord today? Will you trust Him today? He will do what needs to be done. Will you allow Him to touch you? Will you allow Him to speak to you? Will you obey God today? In the name of Jesus. 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 Update, 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 update. Update your operating system. Update your operating system. Update your operating system. Update your relationship with God. For this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. I will praise Him. I will worship Him. I will magnify the name of Jesus. I thank you today, oh God. I thank you today. Oh, I thank you today. Oh, I thank you today. Stir, stir, move, and do a work for God you've never done. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Mold me and make me. This is what I pray. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like.